It's Monday the 12th of April. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Drew Jones and I'm joined by co-host Shane Lee who's had a weekend off from the family. How are you Shane? I'm I'm very happy. I'm very relaxed, and uh, my dragons won, and also the Swannies won, mate. So I'm in a very very good mood. Come this wonderful Monday, Shane. You're in a sweet spot right now. <laughs> so are we. So Tim's away this week. So my name's Drew Jones. I'm from Fox Sports News, reporting in Melbourne. Uh, I'll be hosting the podcast this week. Stepping up where required as uh, Tim suns himself in Queensland. So I'll be joining you, Shane, until Friday. Uh, And just so you know, we're giving away a Spartan Rugby League ball signed by the Canterbury Bulldogs. So Shane, today we talk AFL, the Demons and your Swannies up the top of the ladder at four and zip. Exciting times uh, here in Melbourne. Uh, And then we're going to get an update from Steve Gillis about the Rugby League. Fascinating coaching situation unfolding at Cronulla. We'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, And then we get a tennis update. And uh, Jazz Hewitt is going to explain to us why Ash Barty has crashed out in her tournament leading up to the French Open. So Shane, so much to dissect and to discuss this week, but in particular the AFL, fascinating situation unfolding at the top of the table where the Western Bulldogs have started really strongly. They're four and zip. They got the win over Brisbane in Ballarat on Saturday, but there's a couple of names up there who are hanging around. The Sydney Swans, your Swans, the Young Bloods, with another great victory. But the Melbourne Demons, four and zero, they knocked off Geelong yesterday at the MCG in a powerful performance. They did, mate, and I think it's the first time since nine ninety four Melbourne uh, four and zero. Um, they look great, the Red Legs, and uh, yeah, the Cats are a, a really good outfit. And um, but Melbourne, they look strong in a lot of departments. They had the best ruckman in the game, don't they? And Max Gorn. Max was massive yesterday. Christian Petrarca. A Brownlow favourite now, 37 disposals, a couple of goals. Clayton Oliver was tagged by Mark O'Connor. He battled through that and was influential again for the Ds. And then the Swans making every post a winner right now, the Young Bloods, and uh, a tight win over Essendon. They always seem to be big games against the Bombers, but you must be happy with how the Swannies are faring. Yeah, they did. They looked good. It was a short turnaround for the Swans. They, they did. They weren't as clean um, in and around the ruck, but um, you know they uh, and they looked like, looked slightly tired as well. But uh, look, that's the thing when when its team starts to play well and it gets some momentum, um, you have those close wins. That it's they're often the ones that are a lot more important. Yeah. So the Swannies take on GWS in the Battle of the Bridge this weekend. So they a big chance mm-hmm. for them to go five and zero. Oh, although the Giants did have a really great win over Collingwood. Shane, just quickly. Can you give us some analysis, not only on AFL, but also the weekend, because you're rolling solo? <laughs> well, mate, the first time in, in many years, um, I got to sleep in on a Saturday. It's normally sort of uh, filled up with uh, driving around to sports for the kids. So it was nice to have a little lie-in, had a little bit of breakfast, uh, with a couple of mates, and uh, and some coffees, and got to read the papers, mate. So it was, uh, it was an enjoyable weekend. Yeah, and just uh, real quickly, New South Wales. Marsh Cup champions. Did you happen to catch that? I did, mate, and uh, it was it was a really really um, hard fought win. Um, the, the the West Australian team have some really really good players, you know, Green etc. Um, but we have some experienced campaigners too in the New South Wales team, and and that leads us in now to the Sheffield Shield final, which starts this Thursday. All right, massive afternoon sport coming your way. Let's talk rugby league up next with Steve Gillis. Yeah. 
Round five has been run and won in the NRL. So to dissect it all, we've got uh, the player manager for the Stars, Steve Gillies, with us on Afternoon Sport. G'day, Steve. Hey, Drew. Now, Steve, let's start off with uh, my mighty Dragons, mate. A 26-12 to 12 win over Parramatta. That was uh, some really good footy by the Dragons there last night. Yeah, big turnaround, Shane, from the Dragons. And I, I think you have to give uh, new coach Anthony Griffin some credit there, um, the team really wasn't performing up to expectations last year. New coach, new environment, tweaked a few things, and they're going, they're going great guns. Now, Steve, uh, first win of the season for North Queensland yesterday against the West Tigers, but the bunker again, a discussion point as the Tigers were, were trying to mount that really big comeback. Yeah, I don't think uh, controversy surrounding the bunker is ever going to go away, Drew. Um, it's always there for uh, dissection, I guess, when, when uh, you've got uh, line runners running through the line and, and players running behind each other. So no matter what we do, I think you're going to see some conjecture there going forward. Mate, it does have a knock-on effect. Uh, the Tigers coach, uh, Michael Maguire, has come out post-match and said, you know, he, he's, he's going to wield the axe if things don't change. Yeah, Madge is obviously very, very frustrated. He's trying to not only change the culture there, but he's he's going to change the roster. The Tigers have got a lot of money to spend this year. They've got uh, several big-name players coming off contract. He's been relatively patient up until now, but I think there will be some changes very, very soon. And I also expect them to get um, rather proactive in the recruitment market pretty quick. Steve, I'm fascinated by the story unfolding at the Cronulla Sharks with Craig Fitzgibbon being signed up. He's going to come in as coach next season and John Morris on the way out. How does this happen? It's a it's a fascinating situation. It happens all the time, Drew, in rugby league. There's never a dull day in league and uh, <laughs> coaches are a fair fodder uh, pretty much at, at any time. Uh, it, it is a uh, an unusual one, I guess, in the fact that Cronulla, uh, who have aspirations of making the eight, how they react to it, if in fact the story is confirmed. They've also got a number of high-profile players off contract and how uh, they perform in the coming weeks, knowing that a new coach may be on the way. So it'll have a knock-on effect there. It'll be very interesting to see what the Sharks do in the next half a dozen weeks. So does it mean that so John Morris still coaches up to the end of the season and then if it's true, uh, Fitzgibbon takes over on a two-year deal? Yeah, I'd be shocked if John jumped out early. Um Shane, obviously coaches feel a great allegiance to their players. We saw Trent Barrett do it at Manly a few years ago, but that was for different reasons. Um, Trent cited the fact that they didn't have the facilities and he didn't have the support to be able to do the job that he wanted to do. Whereas this one's a little bit different. The club's made a decision. Sadly, there's no secrets in rugby league. Uh, they couldn't keep a lid on it. And, um, you know, from what I've heard and um, what I've seen to date, you know, I believe there's a very real chance that it's going to happen. So if you were managing John, how would you feel about the fact that it became public seemingly before he was aware of what was going on? Depends how it's happened, Drew. Obviously, his agent was uh, looking to resolve his future and obviously not putting pressure, but asking the question constantly to the club, where are we at, what's going on, what's going on? And uh, it looks like he's got the answer that he was searching for a little bit early. So look, there's two ways to do it. Obviously, you've got to ask the question and, and you need clarity and you need to know where you're going with, with your clients. but it looks like in this case that the club had been forced to play a hand a little bit earlier than they may have liked. Uh, John wanted an answer, and it, it appears as if they've given him one. Now let's have a look at the uh, – now, are you managing Sam Walker, mate? If you're not, you should be. This kid looked super, didn't he, for the Roosters versus the Sharks on the weekend? Yeah, look, Sammy, Sammy's with uh, us, with GS Sports Management. Uh, my, my capable business partner, Clint Shafosky, looks after his day-to-day dealings, and 
we're obviously very excited about Sam uh, in saying that he's extremely happy at the Roosters. The club's looked after him well the last two years. I think the first year that he signed last year, obviously because of COVID and he had a shoulder reconstruction, he didn't get to play much footy at all. But um, he's certainly repaying uh, their faith in him this year. And I think uh, what he's done is quite remarkable. I think you know he's going to be um, a player of the future. Uh, what about this melee in the, the Raiders-Panthers game? The milk need to have something to answer for here? Yeah, I saw the uh, melee. It was quite an interesting one, really, because I think a player was waiting on the sideline to, to come on an interchange play when it, when it all began. Look, it's unfortunate, but you, you see a fair bit of uh, push and shove now in the game. It, it's happening quite a lot. And obviously, players aren't allowed to throw a punch. You throw a punch, you get suspended. But um, look, it's not the first one we, we've seen this year. It certainly won't be the last. Hey, just quickly, just quickly go back to the Dragons, but um, and we've we've spoken a lot about on this show about the HIA and the issues and the collision and the size of these guys. But the St George winger, this is it Ravalawa? Yeah, he is a monster of a man, and he's flying like an AFL footballer catching bombs last night. Um, but he's a strong boy, isn't he? Had some trouble with his hands in the past, uh, uh, hanging on to the ball, but he certainly seems to have rectified that. I'd say they've done a, a terrible lot of work with him. Uh, in recent times. But look, mm. he has emerged as a quality, top-class winger. Runs hard, tackles hard, catches the ball when he needs to and scores plenty of tries. So he's a great asset to that side. Uh, what about the, the HIA discussion? I think it, it came into really sharp focus, Steve, with the retirement of, of Jake Friend, who's been such a warrior for the Roosters over the years. Yeah, disappointing one, and he's probably not going to be the, the last player to retire due to, to uh, concussions. There's, there's a couple, the jury's out on a couple as it is now. Um, we're monitoring those guys. Look, safety first always with the players. I, I understand that. Obviously, these guys are, are warriors. You know, they, they run through brick walls if they could. So they play as long as they can, but we need to put the correct protocols around them to ensure that guys don't go further than they shouldn't overstep the mark and put themselves in real danger from a from a life-long uh, point of view. Steve, thanks so much for your time on Afternoon Sport. We'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Shane. Shane, plenty going on in the tennis world. So we've got Jaslyn Hewitt coming up next. Ash Barty crashing out uh, in the lead-up to the French Open. We'll get the lowdown on what's happening with Ash and the rest of the Aussies in the tennis world. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. All right, let's talk tennis with Jazz Hewitt. Thanks so much for coming on Afternoon Sport. How are you, Jazz? Yeah, great, guys. Yeah, Jazz, uh, Ash Barty, uh, she lost uh, in the quarters, but she still maintains her number one ranking. Yeah, so and another clay court tournament over in the States in the lead-up to the uh, French Open. She did make the quarterfinals. She won her first two rounds and and just fell short in the quarters match against uh, Spaniard Paulo Badosa. Uh, the name may ring a bell, just given the uh, feedback she gave during the Australian Open and the quarantine situation mm. um, back there. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great match for Ash. She made 24 on four Sierras, but still retains the world number one and on to the next tournament in the lead-up to Roland Garros. So no luck for, for Ash at South Carolina. Just a bit of a shock, Jazz? Uh, not really. I mean, you don't want too many matches going into uh, a Grand Slam and she's come off eight wins in a row. So, um mm. 
yeah, probably just let the foot off the pedal a little bit this week and uh, I think the errors came in. But, again, it's been uh, uh, two full weeks for her of playing and competing. So um, that's always understandable. Now, some good news. Looks like Nick Kyrgios is going to play the US Open. Yeah, so he's come out this week. It was uh, I was down in Canberra last week for our Junior Nationals and he was floating around the place and having a hit. But, yeah, he's confirmed that he wants to go to the US Open. He's sceptical if he'll actually make the trip to Wimbledon. But, uh, yeah. He hasn't been hitting on the clay over there in Canberra, so very doubtful that he's going to be going to Roland Garros. But uh, great to see that he's uh, looking to lock in playing the US Open, which definitely suits his game style, being that the big serve aggressive player on the uh, quicker hard courts over in the States. I guess with such a long layoff heading into the Australian Open, we weren't sure how Nick would fare. Um, but, you know, he played some really great tennis. Um, do we expect... Again, he'll be fresh and ready to go for the US Open. That's that's just Nick and Nick's personality. When he wants to play and wants to switch on, then then anything is possible. And you can see how flashy and how entertaining his style of play is. And he only needs a couple of matches beforehand. You're going into a Grand Slam to get him in the right mindset. He's probably a lot fresher, um, given that he's not doing the grind that most of the Aussies are doing now. So. All the Aussies that are over there will stay overseas until November uh, before coming home. So this is this is he'll he'll actually be a lot fresher, and we've got some quality uh, depth coming up in the Australian ranks now with a lot of the UTR Pro Series going on. Um, Tristan Schoolkate and Dane Sweeney, who uh, did quite well in the Australian Open qualifying and first rounds there. So he's got those guys to train with um, at the moment down in Canberra. So there's there's. N- He's got enough hitting opportunities here in Australia. It's just more the match play, and I think that suits his style coming in fresh. Jazz, now talk about the right mindset. Your nephew, Cruz, Cruz Hewitt, he's won the under-12 championships, both the singles and the doubles. That's, un- that's good news, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it's his second national championships that uh, he got to play and down in Canberra last week on the clay courts and uh, number one seed going into it. But, uh, no, he really dominated the field. And, yeah, my, my parents were there. Leighton was there. No, Beck was that. there. So, uh, yeah, going going through the whole journey again. Um, but, no, he's, he's showing some really good qualities and the way that he plays his tennis, nice and aggressive. But, uh, again, he's only 12. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> a long, long way. Now, I'm, I'm fascinated by this jazz with, with Cruz. I heard about um, the fact that he was playing in this – tournament now for those who haven't seen him play if you haven't seen the youtube clips does he share um <laughs> characteristics with his father uh surprisingly so <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah no he, he does play his best tennis when he's up and about it and into it um there's definitely a, a different mindset you can see he's he's into it just like Leighton was growing up um it's. I think it's. It is genetics. It is mm. the environment you give them. Um, I think also having parents that understand sport uh, makes it makes a massive difference with any juniors coming through any sport. Just understanding that hours that's required. Um, mm. I think a lot of parents out there are a bit naive with uh, the amount of hours that actually and and. Um, attention to detail that the parents need to do. It's not always going to be the coach, but who's who's waking the kids up, who's driving them to places, who's driving them to training. Yes, it's got to be the child driving it, but the parents have to be a strong support system for them. What's well, about waking the kids up? Sam Groth has just had twins. So he's not going to be waking <laughs> – they're going to be waking him up for a while, I think. 
Yeah, so uh, yesterday he announced that uh, he and his wife, Britt, uh, welcomed in two little boys, Mason, Philip, and Parker Mitchell. Yes. Uh, they're, only, they're only 34 weeks old um, and uh, look to be a caesarean, but uh, by all means, everyone's doing really well. Um, and uh, definitely Sam's golfing lifestyle is, is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, interested to see uh, how they go with racket in hand a little bit later down the line. Hey, Jazz, just in terms of Roland Garros, I've seen it's been postponed. Uh, does that affect the lead-up tournaments or could we expect more postponements um, given what's happening in Europe? I think it's really going to depend on what the quarantine situation they're going to make for the players coming into Roland Garros. Uh, A week delayed is not massive. Um, You'll still have uh, Madrid that's going on soon. You've got Monte Carlo going on at the moment. So the big lead-up tournaments are all going on. A lot of the better players prefer to have that week off and just do an exhibition or organise their own practice matches. So they're not... um, as you saw with Ash this week, backing up a, a big week to then going to play in the second week straight away. So that's when you find they'll either get injured or not in the, the right space to compete seven matches over two weeks. So I don't see that as a massive issue. The more main concern is the safety and health for the players and really making sure that Roland Garros are doing all they can. Um, a main pushback now is to, to still allow crowds in at the event. And I think we saw that with the Australian Open with the five-day lockdown that they had, that, that it can actually hurt the event and the sponsors and um, and financially uh, the rewards for having such a, a massive uh, sports uh, entertainment, sports uh, venue on um, for sale for the uh clients and spectators so that that's where it really will hurt Roland Garros and the French Federation so hopefully that uh, things will get better in the next few weeks for them and they'll be able to uh, have some spectators uh, on the venue. Jazz as always great info and great insight thanks very much We'll, we'll chat soon. Yes sounds good guys thanks. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thanks goes to all our guests, including Jazz Hewitt, Steve Gillis. Thanks to our sponsors, Spartan Sports. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, massive thanks to our producer, Dan McHugh. Shane, to you as well. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. Drew, that was a pleasure, mate. Enjoyed it. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy.